Log Talk Radio. Welcome to another episode of Wing It Motown Radio. We're doing the live edition tonight. Uh, our producer couldn't be here tonight for us, so um, we're going to do a little bit of a short, kind of a quick take one uh, episode for you. Uh, you got your host here, Kyle. Uh, we've got JJ, we've got Lauren, and we've got Mike um, on this post-game edition of Wing It Motown Radio. How's everybody doing tonight? Great as not ever. considered. Well, you're a fucking liar. Uh, <laughs> Not too many complaints. Yeah, I have. Uh, I, you know what? Yeah, with life, I'm fine. With the Red Wings, I have complaints. But hey, whatever. Yes. Um, yes. So I guess we're just going to dive into everything real quick. Um, the Red Wings, as of late, we don't need to spend much time on this because obviously things have been pretty uh, cut and dry with the team. There's been some ups. There's been some downs. There's been some more downs. There's been a little bit of ups after that um obviously we're talking after they had a six to three loss to the capitals um which was not good by any stretch of the imagination but um yeah no it just wasn't good uh the team didn't play well uh but you know you saw Athens you get two goals which is exciting um you saw Zetterberg score that goal um that was set up by Mantha so you kind of saw a little bit of a you know, the youth movement going there. So, I mean, I guess there's a positive to drive to pull out of that game. Um, you know, I don't think literally – I said in my recap, I don't think anybody expected a win coming into this game. I mean, the Capitals are the the, the hottest team in the NHL right now. So, you know, if anybody expected a, a win, please speak up. But um, personally, I came into this game just expecting a complete blowout. And I didn't even expect the Red Wings to score three goals, so – you know, it is what it is. But um, definitely feel more satisfied than uh, than the Columbus game, uh, which, you know, obviously everybody I'm sure already can drop uh, in their heads. Uh, what about you guys? How do you feel about the Red Wings as of late and after tonight and everything? Uh, just a little bit of smoke up Washington's ass tonight. Um, I thought that the, the Capitals looked like a team that was toying with the Red Wings. Uh, they looked... Uh, frighteningly like uh, another um, decently Russian-led uh, team from the the late '90s tonight. So I don't know. Wow. Losing them doesn't it doesn't hurt so much. Like I don't know. They they still have to prove it in the playoffs, and that's the hilarious thing for all the Washington bloggers who are like, "Hey, the Caps are really really good," and then everybody like the one sentence response is, "Yeah, wait till the playoffs." So I don't care about that. Like I. I I wrote this week that I want the Red Wings to win every game in February to help their position in selling because I want them to sell uh, regardless now. Uh, I, I also still want them to make the playoffs just because that would be hilarious to uh, to shove in everybody's faces. But, I mean, the the bright side of it is the losing is going to make it harder and harder for Ken Holland to say maybe I should stand pat. So, uh, I guess I'm, I'm in a place right now where no matter what happens, I'm I'm going to find a way to be happy about it. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, you know, I, I would personally like them to sell uh, regardless. I, um, 
You know, I'd be cool with them sending Pat if they won, like, every game from now until the trade deadline. Or, like, you know, they went, like, at least, like, they win, like, 75% of the games or something. I'd be cool with that, uh, even though that's a ridiculously small sample size, and that's actually not a good model. But whatever. Um, Lauren, what about you? How are you feeling as of late? Um, well, mostly, like, I'm just kind of annoyed with mm-hmm. the way that the games have just been going because it's like we're we're not really doing a lot of stuff that's, like, different than earlier in the year. You know, we just, we're losing games in overtime. We're making, you know, bad defensive mistakes. And so it's kind of like at this point I'm just kind of watching the games being like, you know, let's let's just see what happens tonight. Like, I've I've really come to accept whatever fate mm-hmm. the red like the Red Wings end up with this season. Um, so while it's you know each individual mistake and like you know each individual loss is annoying in its own right, but at the same time like I'm kind of enjoying watching the games more because it's just like oh you know Athanasiu scored two really cool goals tonight. Like oh that was a mm-hmm. really cool goal from Zetterberg tonight or, you know, whatever, or Mrazic got a 38 game or 38 save shutout the other night, whatever yep. night that was. Um, so, you know, it's just like there's, there's fun stuff to be found in every game. And, um, and so that's, that's basically where I'm at at this point in the season. Yeah, you certainly try and find uh, bright spots uh, wherever you can when things are just kind of, you know, not going well and uh, it's kind of inevitable to what's going to happen. And, you know, it kind of seems at this point that the Red Wings could claw their way into a a playoff spot, but it's uh, very bleak as of right now. Uh, Mike, how about you? Uh, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat that – Lauren's in with finding the little stuff to enjoy. It kind of feels like the past couple of years with like, you know, the playoff chase at the end and, and all the nail biting and everything. It's kind of been, you know, once we get into February and March and late April, um, you, I, I know the phrase is you miss the forest for the trees, but it's kind of been the other way around. You, you miss the trees, the, the little things for the forest, the overall picture. Um, and right now it's just being in the cellar. There, there is no pressure to, be like, oh my God, I, I don't care what happens. We just have to win this game. We need the points. It's it's nice to be freed of that and just like, oh, that was a really nice play. Or, you know, conversely, just downing your beer when, you know, somebody shits fed. But right. either way, it's, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's been freeing and it's, it's enjoyable to, to get back to watching the players instead of just worrying about the outcome. Yeah, and that kind of goes back to what J.J. was saying, that you're just having fun watching the game, and what yeah. Lauren was saying, obviously, everybody. And I think that's the, the consensus among the uh, the, the wingy Motown Bayes is that, you know, you, it, it's, we're, they're meeting expectations, which aren't very high. Um, and uh, I guess there's no really change to make um, a playoff run possible. There's not much they can do. Erickson went down with a, uh, an injury tonight, so... Um, obviously, you'll probably see a let uh, on Saturday against Columbus, which could make the team better, obviously. Um, I thought school looked good. He also looked bad tonight at times. Um, so, you know, I guess we'll see what happens going forward. But uh, it, what I really don't, what I really have told kind of uh, um, 
weird among uh, media is that everything is out down to the last, the next two games or the next games. Like they need to win. The next two games will show us what they're going to do. Um, and that narrative was drawn up before tonight. So, uh, you know, I think that, you know, after tonight, it should be pretty clear what's going to happen. But, uh, and that's going to take us right into our next topic here, and that's the trade deadline, and that's that, which is quickly approaching, uh, which will be March first. Um, and uh, the Ken Holland has already said pretty much that he's not going to buy. So it's either you're selling stuff or you're standing pat. Um, and obviously, at this point of the season, uh, the way that things played out, selling is probably your best bet. Whether you know, and they're not going full fire sale; they're selling off players who have expiring contracts within the next year or two. Um, I mean, you know, there's been some debate to where they go and bold and sell a guy like Thomas Tatar, Gustav Nyquist, um, all of which I'm open to, you know, it just has to be a really, uh, it has to be a favorable return for the Red Wings. Uh, Thomas Vanek is probably number one on the list. I don't think Brennan Smith has, literally, I honestly don't think any team's going to take Brennan Smith at this point. I think that's just that hill that the Red Wings are going to, yeah, the Red Wings are going to have to die on that hill. Um, you know, Jimmy Howard, uh, he's hurt again, so nope, nope, no good. Mrazek, uh, I don't think the Red Wings should trade him, um, and I don't think they should leave him unexposed or uh, exposed in the uh, the draft uh, later this summer, which we'll cover in a different episode. But, you know, there's there's a lot of talk to be had there, but I think that Vanek is the top name, um, followed by um, guys like... Uh, you know, Tatar and Nyquist, those are probably going to be your top names because I don't think Brendan Smith has any um, any value. And I don't think the team's going to try and trade Mike Green, to be honest with you. So, um, you know, that's that's the the topic du jour basically every 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 week right now. It's just like, you know, talking about the trade deadline and what we're going to get. And um, Personally, I think Thomas Panik's only going to get you like a second-round pick or something like that because – he hasn't something lately. He did have a really good night against Cap against the Capitals, but yeah, it is what it is. So yeah. um, let's mix up the the uh, the order here. Um, Lauren, I know you, I know Lauren isn't really a big trade topic person. Like and she really doesn't really weigh in on that stuff more. But I'm still gonna ask. Uh, do you have any uh, Do you have any like you know opinion on uh, the the trade deadline coming up or anything like that? Um, only that I'll be curled in the fetal position under my blankets the entire day. <laughs> I hate the deadline so much. Quick and easy. I hate easy. it so much. <laughs> I think we all do hate it uh, to a certain extent. Um, and that's always been that, uh, oh, God, what's going to happen? <laughs> kind of like kind of like free agency. It's the same thing. You know, it's like, oh, God, what's going to happen? Um, Actually, JJ, I wonder if I uh, work that night this year. <laughs> I I'm wonder gonna, if I work that night be, this year. Yeah. Oh no, I'll be wide. I, but, yeah, I have no. Yeah, I'm not I work working at all, and it's gonna be scary. So. <laughs> um, I'm JJ, gonna wake up to you? all the news. <laughs> oh, good for you. JJ, you're up next. Um. I don't know. This is gonna be an interesting trade deadline. Like for the uh, millionth year in a row, I have uh, regrettably failed to get the damn day off work. So. Um, <laughs> I'll just be sitting at my computer, like watching intently about, like watch, watching the Red Wings be a seller is going to be 
weird to me. And I don't, it's weird, I don't know. Yeah. There's still a decent chance that it's just a, a, a Stan Pat coming. Um, decent chance that Bannock gets moved before the deadline. And literally what we get is the weird fire sale. Like, I... I want to disagree about the concept that you don't think Brendan Smith is going to get moved, but I don't know who is trading for that skill set, like the offensive defenseman who doesn't create offense. So it'll be interesting to see how committed to the rebuild sell-off happens, because if they're real committed, then uh, Tatar is getting moved. And if they're really, really committed, then Nyquist is also getting moved, because like Calgary is talking about buying a young cost controlled um, forward that those two are getting a lot of attention in that. Uh, Chicago has asked about them. Uh, Friedman in his 30 thoughts this week uh, pointed that um, Chicago should have interest in Vanek too. Although they don't, he also said they don't want to lose their first rounder because uh, they're hosting the draft this year. But I don't know. I think if, if Ken Holland doesn't get a first for Vanek, I'm going to be mad. Um, He's not going to. Or maybe, yeah, and I'm just planning on being mad. It, it'll happen. So, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe get two Maybe get a, a, a two seconds then. I, I don't know. Just collect the picks and sell the guys off. See what you can do about the goaltending. Like, I'm... I'm really interested in the trade deadline more than I have been in the last few years where it's mostly been like, please, Kenny, don't recreate the David Legwan trade. Um, even though I think I'm less mad about that in hindsight than a lot of Red Wings fans. Uh, still, it wasn't a good trade. Like, mm-hmm. I, 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 it, like Mike said earlier, like I, I just feel free from so much worry about that. I'm more interested than, than worried. Yeah, it's been a it's it's kind of a weird culture change for Red Wings fans mostly. Um, you know, because you don't know what you're gonna get with uh, the Red Wings being possible sellers. But uh, the way I look at Vanek is that he has said that he wants to stay here. Uh, the team obviously wants him to stay, and that's great because I really do like. Um, and I honestly wouldn't mind bringing him back. Um, but I kind of like to sell him and then bring him back. You know, like kind of like do a hey, we're going to trade you, but during the free agency, you know, we'll, you know, give you a little something and you come back to us. Um, I'd be cool with that. Exactly. Like, that's, really what cool. I, that's what yeah, I'm like that, for. That, yeah, that would be cash in, because I really do think Vanek's a good player, especially on this team. Um, so um, if they could sell him for a second-round pick and maybe something, maybe like a prospect, or maybe if they could get a first-round pick from a late, like a team that would give you a late pick, that'd be great. Um, you know, I, I I'd be and and he come ends up coming back here even if he doesn't that'd be great but um you know it is what it is Vanek is obviously the cash crop because he's the uh, um the uh, the rental player I mean if you look at what Andrew Lott got last year uh, I mean Vanek has had a better year than Andrew Lott has like seriously Andrew Lott sucks um, so whatever I I think that the Red Wings should try and shoot high and then, you know, come down if they have to. They shouldn't shoot low with Thomas Vanek. I think he's a good, useful player. Um, I think he's more useful than Redeem Verbata. Um, and and that's that. Uh, you know, screw the Coyotes. No one should be trying to help them right now um, with, with draft picks, at least. So uh, that is what it is. Um, 
Does anybody else I think what's going to uh, hurt Bannock's trade mm-hmm. potential is um, that Aginla wants to be moved because I think that Aginla and Vanek are yeah. going to be looked at decently similarly, and I think that Aginla probably has, even though Vanek has way more points and is doing way better, mm-hmm. Aginla has like the old gritty leader kind of thing, and Vanek has the guy who had to get be healthy scratched in Minnesota kind of thing. So I'm I'm real interested to see how that plays out. Yeah, and you know what? You're completely right with that. Jerome McGinley has the experience um, and all that good stuff. But I'm almost certain. I'm I'm not quite sure what McGinley gets paid. I, I know that it's more than Vanek. So that might work out in, um, in, in the Red Wings' favor, at least. Yeah, Ginla gets Vanek, five and a third. Yeah, so uh, Vanek is way underpaid for what he's doing in that regard. So, yeah. um, you well, know, Vanek got one whoever, of you know, and I mean, the Avalanche, they're probably willing to soak up some of that salary. Um, whereas for me, for the Red Wings, I don't want to. I want to say, take it or leave it. Here's what you're getting. Uh, you're paying, what, 2.5? Uh, AAV on your on your uh, you know your your caps so that's uh, that's that uh, it's not not expensive for what he's doing so um, fuck Jerome McGinley thirty nine years old you know you're not gonna win a cup you're just gonna ride off in the sunset without without a ring and that's cool dude get it but um, I hope he gets traded to Calgary back to Calgary That'd be perfect. Yeah, it's not gonna happen. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Calgary sucks way too much. Yeah, it'll never happen. Do we think Mike Green goes anywhere? Because I mean, to be be Um, perfectly honest, I I think his trade value is probably gonna be higher next year when he's a rental as opposed to somebody who's who's gonna have to saddle up with his salary for all of next season. Yeah, Mike Green will go somewhere, but he will go probably in the expansion draft. Yeah, I, don't I think, think, I don't think that that makes draft. more sense. Um, plus, I see if you want any real value for Mike Green, that is going to involve having to retain salary on that deal. Um, so I, I just don't see like what. I don't. I'm not sure that they can get enough value that would to make up for what they'd have to to hold back in that deal. And also, like I don't necessarily mind Mike Green coming back. Um, I don't know. Next year, I, I, like, if it was like a, yeah, like I, I like Mike Green. I think he's a good stop because the Red Wings really do need a crop of stopgap players right now. Um, because you know, obviously, uh, whether they can <laughs> they can bridge the gap of a, a, a rebuild or they need to go to a rebuild, they need to find players to do that. And guys like Vanek and Green are the perfect pieces to do that. Um, so. I think that if Green was like, hey, I'll take another two years at, you know, like six million or something like that, or, you know, like a, you know, whatever. I, I don't know. But, like, if you were to take like a six-year deal, or I'm not six-year, I'm sorry, a two-year deal, like, after this contract, I, I'd give it to him easily, no problem. Because I like him, and I think he's a good dude, and he's a good player. Um, obviously, the best defenseman we have, so obviously you got to give it to him, but at the end of this contract, he might want like a four to six year deal. And at that point, you know, obviously I wouldn't want to give that to him, but you know, 
Who knows? Um, does anybody else have any other thoughts on the trade deadline? No. Obviously no. not. <laughs> nope. Yeah, because who wants to talk about trading? We won't be trading or... Jonathan Erickson. Nope. Because He's be his hurt. wrist was broken tonight. Yep, he is hurt. Um, so enjoy that. No, we won't be trading Erickson anyway. <laughs> yeah, they He's got a no trade clause. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we're going to look around the league, and there's really not much to look at right now, aside from the fact that the Bruins have fired their coach. Uh, they And not just any coach. They're firing Claude Julien, who is um, a good goddamn coach. So uh, I don't know. Um, h- how do you guys feel about this? Obviously, uh, the, the, first, the first take there is that, ha-ha, Bruins, uh, screw you. Uh, but I guess do you guys think that maybe Claude Julian could ever end up with the Red Wings? No. JJ, what no. do you think? No? Absolutely okay. not. Nope. Absolutely not. It's never going to happen. Um, uh, I'll, be, I'll be the voice of dissent. I'll say yes. Okay. Mike says yes. JJ, what were you going to say? Oh, I was like, it, <laughs> looking at all the, the different. Claude Julian is has already been offered at least a couple of jobs by now. Um, yeah, there are already sure. going to be teams yeah. that are in better shape than the Red Wings. Like Detroit needs a rebuild, and a rebuild is not what you put Claude Julian in charge of. Um, I know a lot of people aren't aren't really sold on him. I think that he would do a better job of structuring the Red Wings, and that structure is more of what they need. Um, but honestly, I don't think we're a, a good fit for him. Like, I don't know why Claude Julian would want to come here. So I just don't see it happening. I don't know. I think I, you, you know, guys JJ, could use a I bit just, of structure. JJ, I agree to you. I, I agree with you in the fact that he's not going to go to a team who's on the brink of a, a, like a rebuild. Um, he's going to go to a team that is going to be ready-made or maybe just on the brink of – like, it really does make sense that he'd go to a team like Vegas. Because Vegas is, you know, who knows what they end up being like. But, you know, obviously Vegas is going to toss a bunch of money at him. But, um, you know, that's a team that will be set up decently well. Who knows what it's going to end up being like. But um, a lot of people brought up the, the thought of uh, Florida um, but then a lot of Florida fans countered with the fact that Florida doesn't want to pay money for a, a, a big name coach. Um, so, you know, uh, and then, you know, people are asking about like uh, uh, St. Louis, which it seems like Mike Yeo is the guy there, which is a huge mistake, I think. Um, so I don't know. Man, St. Louis would be a good team for, for him too. It It would be a perfect team for him. Uh, I think that they're up and coming. They're probably going to lose Shattenkirk, but, you know, whatever. Uh, you put Perico where Shattenkirk is, and you guess it'd be all right. But um, if I was Julian, I would, honestly, I'd take some time off. I would just stand pat. And uh, if if, if uh, Vegas doesn't turn out to, like, I would wait until Vegas' roster starts to come together, and then I would see what, you know, because after the day after the trade deadline is when Vegas can start making moves with their roster. 
So I would wait and see what happens with Vegas, and then I'd consider it. Uh, if I was Julianne, I would wait. And uh, if things don't pan out, then fuck it. I'd just take a day. I'd take a half a year to a year off or maybe take a consulting job or something like that. But that's just me. So. But, no, I don't yeah, think I can see Claude Julian jumping in in, like, November or December on a team that's really good but gets off to a bad start and cans their coach early. Um, I thought that, uh, like, I think that he, Vegas looks really attractive for Julian, too, because I think it would give him more uh, more freedom and a little more control from the ground up because, like, everything that's come out since his firing has been a lot of talk about – how the Bruins management and ownership never appreciated Julian in the first place anyway. Um, and he was mm-hmm. kind of really chat up on. So by going to a place like Vegas, where it would be a good opportunity to really build a team from scratch and not get that same kind of evil from Jeremy Jacobs coming out, uh, might be a really good fit for him, and I, that's, I also think that would be the same case in, in St. Louis. Um, John Davidson seems like a, a really good guy who would really appreciate Julian. Uh, I think the Blues are are built pretty similarly to the way that Julian wanted the Bruins. Um, just what happened in Boston was that management traded away all of the good stuff, and Julian couldn't uh, couldn't continue squeezing blood out of a turnip. It was bullshit what uh, what happened, but I'm glad because fuck the Bruins. Yeah, and you know what? The Bruins did have a nice little uh, nook of uh, young talent, but, you know, they had David Pasternak, who I think flourished with uh, with Julianne. Um, I think Marshawn was a product of Julianne. Um and then you had Brandon Carlo, who is, you know, defensemen are hard to, to, to emerge. Um, but Brandon Carlo is, looks to be a, a bright young star. And then they have some other names that will uh, will probably likely end up being good. But, you know, they definitely pulled the string on that way too early. And uh, it's uh, not a shame because screw the Bruins, who, who really cares. Um, does uh, anybody else have any other thoughts on that at all? Just just a little poke, and then uh, uh, and then we can mm-hmm. move on. But nobody thought that um, Mike Babcock was going to go to a rebuilding team. They thought he would go right to another contender. Uh, you know that's that's yeah. different though, because people people that the, the the Maple Leafs the Maple Leafs they were tied together. Before the Red Wings, before he was, before he even left. So, but everyone knew that the Leafs were a long way from even having a shot at the playoffs, let alone a Stanley Cup. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but everybody also knew that the Leafs had committed to doing that, and the Red Wings have not. Yeah, so it's a completely different. I think it's a different uh, situation, uh, if you ask me. But you know, I mean. It, who knows? Who I mean, maybe he wants to go, and he's like, "Hey, you know what? I want to go to a team that's on the brink of blowing everything up and being shitty for a few years. That's going to be great uh, if they pay me really well, and they have a really nice arena, and they give me a really nice house and all that stuff. Whatever. Yeah, anything is possible. Um, 
So I, you know, I do appreciate that he looks like Bill from King of the Hill. He does. He is the same thing. <laughs> Lauren, do you have anything to to add with 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 that whole situation at all? Not really. Hmm. Fair enough. Make it easy. All right. Um, looking around the league, there's really not much else to really add. Uh, the Capitals are atop the league. Um, who really cares about everything else? Uh, I mean, a lot of people have probably asked about who's along the bottom of the league. Because, I mean, you know, the, the Red Wings are basically battling in the basement of the Eastern Conference with uh, the Lightning and who is the other team? Uh, the Buffalo? 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 Is it Buffalo? In the Atlantic? I think it's Buffalo. Yeah. Well, no, in the yes. Eastern Conference. But anyways. Um, the Red Wings are a bottom team in the league right now. Um, and, you know, it doesn't really matter at this point. Um, a lot of models have the Red Wings going in the top five uh, for draft picks. So, you know, just go ahead and bank on that. But I still don't think they're going to get Nolan Patrick, and I don't think they're going to get uh, Nico his share. But if there is a good chance that they get Timothy Lillian. So, you know, you can, you can, you can bank on that, I guess. But yeah, uh, Nico Hischer and uh, Nolan Patrick, the uh, unanimous uh, two picks that are going to be going in the, the top two. Um, you know, I don't think the Red Wings are going to fall on that because you always have to remember um, Vegas will have the same odds as the team that is number three uh, in the draft lottery. So you're adding you're adding another uh, variable to the uh, the draft lottery. Um. So that's a really good segue into Positivity Corner. This is where we're going to draw our positive thoughts. Um, I want Lauren to go first with her positive thoughts. Okay. Um, I kind of mentioned them earlier um, when we were talking about, you know, our feelings about the team. Basically, right now it's just, you know, seeing – the emergence of um, guys like Athanasiu and guys like um, Mantha, it's just really great to see them continue to excel even when the team itself, like as a whole, is not doing well. Like they are showing the impact that they can have on games, and it's really, really exciting. Um, Mrazek's getting kind of back into his, his groove. I mean, obviously tonight wasn't great, but he had that great shutout the other night, and it's like – all right, he's starting to look, you know, more like himself, that kind of thing. Um, so, and and also, like I said earlier, you know, it's just like I'm finding more enjoyment in the team in general because I'm not, you know, on tender hooks wondering if this team is going to be able to make the playoffs again. Um, right. So just in general, it's like it's just more enjoyable. Um, and then I know this is on um, the broadcast the other night, but I um, – there was the announcement that Willette is um, engaged and his fiance is pregnant, and I just thought that was really cute. So yeah, they're having yay, a baby. More, red, more so. red Wings babies. I was just, I was like, oh yeah, my, my, good... my little Red Wings babies are having babies. It's so cute. <laughs> I, I honestly so. didn't even know Willette was had a girlfriend. So that's that's that was really cool to see. Um, she follows uh, me on Mike Twitter. House. <laughs> Oh wow! Oh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> Mike, how about you? Kids interesting sometimes. <laughs> so. 
Um, with the wings, it's, it's kind of so many more avenues of discussion have been opened because of this. I mean, like when the team is good, you know, let's take things back a decade. Um, it, it's like there's one glaring hole, and we all know that's the glaring hole, and that's kind of the the dead horse that you have to beat anytime you're talking about the wings. But I mean, it it it, it sucks that there are so many new holes, but at the same time, it's it's a lot of fun um, discussing all of the different ways that we feel that um, the wings could be made better and, and the ways that they could improve. So, you know, shut one door, open another, but it's, uh, um, it, it's a whole new aspect to Red Wings life that I'm, I'm finding enjoyment in. Not that it's necessarily overly enjoyable, but I'm finding enjoyment in it. So. All right. And then per- personal life. Um, uh, I have the, uh, uh, meal tasting for my wedding uh this weekend so fun all right meal tasting this week and then uh, uh bachelor party is next weekend so yeah party on have some fun there congratulations oh, yeah. of course jj how about you um i hope that the meal is is good mike i am enjoying this season um I don't know. It's it's hard to say. It's uh, like there has been. It's just like you said earlier. That it's been freeing to to be able to to kind of watch without expectations. Um, I'd like to say that it's really good to finally see some official uh, Red Wings branded hockey is for everyone merchandise as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's been a long time coming, and I'm. I'm really happy that they're uh, at least on board with uh, with that message because I think uh, that's that's a really good, strong, positive message that uh, that is for everyone. Yeah, and uh, to to kind of branch off into that into my positivity corner is uh, seeing uh, Seema Alali get to drop the puck tonight at the uh, the game in Washington and all that stuff. That was really cool, um, and. <laughs> It's even cooler because there are a lot of people like, who who the hell is that? I'm just like, dude, pay attention. Like, you know, um, she had a video where she was puck handling and uh, she plays for um, one of the, the women's hockey, uh, the women's, women's hockey teams or in the least. Uh, so, you know, uh, it's just cool to see stuff like that, that kind of happen and, and, and uh, all that. So that's part of my, uh, my positivity corner in a world that is just full of shit right now. Um, uh, another uh, positivity uh, corner topic for me, and that is that goes along with uh, uh, Lauren, is to see guys like FNSCU and Manta um, play well. And I feel like I say that every episode, but I guess that's all we really have right now. <laughs> um, and I'm just wait. I honestly am waiting to see the next one uh, because I think Nosek is really due to to come up and, and play, or a guy like a uh, I want to say Svechnikov isn't really ready yet, but he's playing really well. Um, you know, I'm, I'm genuinely pleased with how things are going down in Grand Rapids right now because they are playing really well. Um, so that's a positive, I guess. So, yeah, whatever. Um, anyways, enough with this whole this positivity bullshit. Let's move on to the real stuff. Uh, the reader questions. 
as always, JJ will uh, will will take care of those for us. JJ, you want to go ahead and take that away for us? Yeah. Hey, you want to take a break? Too bad because we're live. Starting <laughs> off, we got a hands Landa saying, um, "Did everybody read Mike Morris Santa Rosa defenseman rankings today? That fan post that uh, we put on the front page." I haven't looked at our page Anybody? since like three hours ago. <laughs> We only write for women. We don't read it. At any rate, you posted a uh, – uh, Mike Morris po- Santa, Rosa, Santa Rosa posted uh, a look at the way the Red Wings defense are doing. And basically it just uh, numerically fits the eye test very well. I'll say that I haven't had time to like really uh, wrap my head entirely around it. What I'm worried about with those rankings is that it's kind of – like it, it matches the eye test a little too well because there's some, there's some math in there that kind of assumes like defensemen control the quality of shots against, which there's been a lot of writing about how that's not true, uh, or that's not demonstrable. Um, so I like it because it it fits what I know. I just don't know what I don't know about it. I guess uh, the second part of that was, did anybody read the New York Times article on the NHL's problem with science? I did. Um, I well, let me let me. I read SB Nation's branch of it. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll give you a quick is, rundown, and you can. Yeah. Essentially, the the post was that the NHL is essentially it's using science against itself. The concept of you you, you have to prove it. You always have to to prove it. What if you know you haven't considered this angle? And what the NHL is doing yeah. is burying their heads in the sand and doing very lawyerly bullshit to say, "Oh well, they haven't actually proven the link between uh, subconcussive hits or, or, or NHL hockey and CTE." So I, I'm not sure that we can say that we're responsible for anything because there's just so much we still don't know. And it's horseshit. Like the the article points out, like. They've apparently been sleeping for the last 10 years because there's more than enough evidence to say, listen, guys, there's something up here, but they're they're being really shittily lawyerly about it. So that's that's what the post is about. So go ahead, Kyle. Yeah, and then, like I was saying, it's, it's, it's really kind of a dirty, I don't know. It just doesn't seem right. It seemed kind of like uh, it came, and you know what's funny is that it all kind of came out of nowhere for me, um, kind of blindsided me, and I was like, because you know Gary Bettman's comments towards concussion and CTE uh, before um, were completely reprehensible. They were just ugly, not something you want to see if you care about player health. So um, seeing this right now, it just it, you know it kind of rubs you the wrong way, and it, it just kind of comes at a at a bad time, and um, it like you know, JJ, you you really did. You described it perfectly there. It doesn't seem right, and they're kind of dressing it up to be um, something that is uh, kind of trying to cover their own ass. But at the same time, it's it's it, but you know, it's, it really is just so obvious to a to someone on the outside looking in. It's like, yeah, no, I don't think so, buddy. Yeah, and I know Lauren has spoken at length about the the concept yeah, of how uh, stupid they're being in terms of protecting players. So it it feeds real into that. Yeah, it's for me as a very 
sciencey person. Like I have a biology degree. I, you know, I'm going back for my nursing degree right now. Like I spend a lot of time working with people who benefit from medical research. Um, you know, these things that we, you know, we take for granted, it was all, you know, that all had to be proven and all that kind of stuff. And the, I don't know, the, the thing that really just bothers me is it's, it's, it's a symptom of a larger societal thing about, like, a, there's just a lot of science that people are like, oh, well, you can't, like, definitively prove it, therefore I'm just going to not believe it because you can't say it for sure either way. And it's like, well, you're never going to have that last piece of evidence that says for sure, you know, about concussions and CTE and hockey or, you know, take your pick of any other scientific thing. So it, it just endlessly aggravates me that people are going to continue to be hurt and continue to suffer when, you know, they're just going to, yeah, be weaselly lawyers about this kind of shit and like, just oh well, you can't you can't prove it so you know it can't be our fault like no you're being assholes you need to take a step back pull your heads out of your ass and follow the NFL's example which is weird to say because that seems bass backwards <laughs> but you know it's and there was something else recently and I I don't remember exactly what it was but it was something about how the NHL like their team of lawyers or whatever said something like the the players in the lawsuit you know the former players are being used as a tool because they couldn't have like the they they had like brain damage or something that wouldn't give them the ability to like file that kind of claim on their own I don't know it was some yeah they're they're too dumb to be arguing this smart yeah basically that and I was like oh my god like how can that's so there's so many things wrong with that on so many levels in, you know, ethically, morally, legally, you know, there's, it, it, it's just a, it's such a sore topic for me because my life is about science and it's about healing people and, you know, helping people to recover from, you know, mm-hmm. what, however many things. And it just, it just pisses me off that they have no, you know, regard for, the people that earn them the money that they do. Yeah. It almost you know, feels yeah. like they've it, gotten It's like, really shitty to use a, go ahead, Mike. Oh, I, I was going to say, it almost feels like they've got the lawyers from big tobacco in there. Like, like back in, in that's that actually part, you know, you know. a big, that's a big part of that New York times article is like, that's the the playbook was that the, yeah. uh, uh, big tobacco. The, the the science started coming out in the fifties, linking smoking to, to lung cancer. And big tobacco spent the next uh, you know fifty, sixty years challenging the science, saying, "No, you haven't proven it. No, you haven't proven it. Or no, this science is bad. Or no, this person is bad." And it's just they just beat it. Up. It's it's like an asshole standing in the middle of train tracks going, "Well, I haven't been hit by a train yet, so fuck you, science." I mean, it's gonna happen. Just yeah, it's be sensible. it's the premise. Yeah, it's the premise that Lauren was talking yeah. about of you're never going to have proof in in science, which I mean, I mean it's true, but there there are such things as strong correlations and and anybody who knows statistics and I'm I'm going to do my best to fill in for Prashant here and and probably fail miserably, but um statistics can be a really powerful 
modifier for all this science. And people bring up like like Z tables um, for for determining uh, whether something is a, a strong correlative uh, ex- existence between two things. Um, and you can get to that point with a lot of this stuff. And I think that's what they eventually tobacco is they got enough of these cases together where they could build the, the correlative evidence. And, you know, right now the the NHL, I, I think might be doing um, their best imitation of, of per chance. Um, uh, you know what you can do with your small sample size, um, but they're going to get there eventually. You, you know, it, it's, I think it's something like a thousand samples uh, uh, to start making a data set relevant, and I'm sure they're getting real close to that by now if they're not already there. And the right, worst yeah. part is and that it's, we... it's li- it, and that's a thousand lives, you know, permanently yeah. affected by that kind of stuff. And, you know, all the people connected to those thousand lives yeah. that they're just, and, they have uh, no regard for. There's, it's, it, there's, we could, honestly, we could probably do a whole show about this. There's a lot to, to there are many layers. Uh, with CTE uh, among multiple sports. And um, the NHL is one where it's starting to to become more, um, I guess, um, people are starting to become more uh, educated on it. Um, If you look towards the NFL, more players have become more active and more more vocal about it. Um, But anyway, not to brush this off, but, you know, we're going to move to the next question now. Um, we'll probably cover this uh, in the future. Uh, JJ, what's, what what do we got out? What else do we got? Oh, we've got a long question from WJR. I'm going to try to paraphrase here. Uh, he's okay. our favorite um, long-winded commenter. Uh, the first part of the question is essentially, is there a link between selling assets and tanking? And the obvious answer is, does somebody want to say yes for me? Yes. No? The answer is yes. Thank you, Lauren. Um, is it time to cons- <laughs> for Holland to consider moving both Cronwall and Franzen to a team with some serious cap space to free up uh, contractual obligations, cap space, roster space, to allow the Wings to progress forward in the rebuilding process? We're not talking about the Datsuk contract, people. Yeah. yeah I mean, like Franzen... He, just... like, Franzen's contract is pretty much immovable at this point. Um you really have to sell a team on that. And why would you? I mean, it's, he's long-term into reserve. Who cares? Um, I, I don't understand the people who get so bent out of shape about that contract at this point. Like, I really don't. Yeah, Bronson isn't hurting the roster space. He is creating cap inflexibility, but for a rebuild process, that's not a, bit, that's not a big deal. I'm starting to yeah. warm up to the concept of potentially moving them, but I don't think it matters that much. Um, I, I don't think the, it matters that Cronwell much either, thing, JJ. With the Cronwell thing, he's not even at a point where he could go to LTIR. Like, he'd have to prove an injury. He does not have a permanent, yeah, that's you know, like he can't be put on LTIR right now because he's not hurt to the point where he's never going to play again like Franzen. So that, that makes sense to, too, yeah. to move that question. Yeah, that's that's circumvention at its finest. You know, that's, that's Helene St. James at, you know, yeah. <laughs> that's what she would suggest doing. And that's still illegal according to the CBA. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, with both of these, guys, um, the, their contracts are up in what, three, four years, something like that, five years. Um, 
You just God. don't sign them <laughs> at the end of it, and you've got all that cap space freed up for the increases that are going to be inevitably coming to guys like Larkin, Mantha, and Athanasiu. But in the meantime, when you're selling assets and you're acquiring these new draft picks on cheap contracts, there is no incentive to move those until you absolutely have to move those. And with the way the timelines are, you should not ever be forced into moving those. Yeah, while you're a rebuilding team, your cap space is a benefit to you. You might as well waste it. Um, Although I can see them moving, like, as they try to come out of the rebuild, uh, maybe move them at the very end. Um, uh, We'll we'll see, though. As you use that and you use their... I mean, and Cronwall's presence still—it's—it's. It's good. I don't think that you need to move them to, to make up for it. You're going to have the kids on cheaper ELCs and bridge deals, which actually is w, the third part of WJR's question. Um, you know, is it a good idea to continue using that? And it's like, yes. It's, it's if you're rebuilding, waste as much cap space as you want. It doesn't matter when you want to come out of the rebuild and be good again and start signing like big name free agents again then you need it, and you worry about it then. Mm-hmm. Uh, move next is KWW3. Hey, y'all, long-time listener, first-time commenter. Thanks for all you do for us fans while we dredge through the bland brand of hockey that has become our wings. Uh, you're welcome. Um, his question mm-hmm. ties around to, did anybody look through the Corey Prunman's midseason prospect rankings? Uh, Kyle, were you able to, to get a hold of that and, and take a look? Yeah, the the Red Wings didn't have anybody in the top 50. Uh, they had two in the honorable mentions. It was Billy Sarishervi and Yemeni Svechnikov. Uh, Svechnikov is starting to gain a little traction in the AHL. Um, Sarishervi is doing really well with Mississauga. Um, but we'll see what he does uh, after the season when he joins the Griffins. Because after the season, Sarishervi will be a Griffin. Um, and then obviously... You're probably going to see Sarge, uh I'm sorry, but uh, you'll you'll see uh, Smetchnikov probably have another season with uh, uh, Smetchnikov is basically going to get Nyquist uh, the Nyquist treatment, so um, part yeah. of the course basically. So no, the Red Wings don't have any top prospects at this point. Um, DTD Tank asked like a a three-part question like what would you rather do I think that we've already uh, agreed that a rebuild is necessary I think I'm going to taking this down to its its essence in terms of the rebuild would you take a chance on like high-risk high-reward younger prospects like already drafted guys like Montour or Lazar hoping that they can make a big impact and turn what is potentially a team that's got a, a, a semi-decent core, or do you try to just go for the long-term three or four more, uh, three or four year rebuild, the, the kind of safer rebuild? Um, Mike, I'm gonna let you lead on this one. Uh, I think I go with the the tank draft and develop, just because um, I, I don't know a whole ton of the prospects around, but I, I have looked at Montour quite a bit over the past uh, uh, two seasons, just seeing what he did um, in Anaheim's system. Uh, and to get a player like that, you're going to spend um, significant assets. I mean, to, to make a trade for Montour, they would probably want 
some kind of a promising D-man back, and one pick, maybe two, just because of what the guy did in the AHL last year and what he did this year. Um, it, it wasn't as impressive as his numbers this year, and I know the season's still going on, but the guy still looks good. Um, and, and I think he's on a call-up right now. He's got like two points in six games or seven games, something like that, uh, in some of his first NHL actions. So, I mean, you're going to spend more getting a player like that uh, uh, than you would get just rolling the dice with whatever you spent to get him. Um, so I think yeah, you just enough. you bite the bullet. Yeah, you bite the bullet. You you take what you've got. You sell off some assets. You get some more picks, and you use your own picks. You don't go spending more than you need to on uh, guys that are all hype and promise um, with little proof. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah, and I, I think I'm, I'm right there. there with go you for a... um, I would definitely go for the safer option, go for the, the tank draft and develop. Um, going for already drafted players, you know, if they're going to be any good, like the teams that have them are not going to want to give them up. So if you're talking about Lazar, who I think has been sent back down to the AHL this year, I think, um, you know, they're kind of like they have promise, but it is very much a high risk, high reward. So that, you know, you're spending something to get something that you hope is going to help you in the long run. And if you don't, that sets you back. If that's like the main model that you're going with, um, if you are going to truly commit to the tank, you're going to be trying to get really good picks. Um, you know, you're going to be acquiring hopefully more first round picks or like more second round picks, that kind of thing. Like you're going to be trying to get a lot of younger players. Um, you know, they aren't like, I, I like that idea better than um, trying to, cause yeah, it would just, I mean, the other option is basically just sounds like another attempt at a reload. And I, I really think that it's a bite the bullet situation. Take a longer route to get to where we need to be. And I'm right there with you. Yeah, you know? I'm going to make it. It might be, it might be more painful. Uh, it might take a little bit longer, but, um, and it really depends on who you have on helm. Um, with Ken Holland, uh, I don't, I don't know what I trust him with at this point, but, and I'm not going to dive into that because it could take a while, but um, I am more on board with the, you know, the, the tank and rebuild kind of uh, way of things. Um, and, and yeah, that, you know, I, I'd rather not just do the reload kind of uh, spiel right now. Yeah. I'm going to make it four for four. I think that we've taken uh, too many losses on, uh, medium and high risk signings that haven't panned out. I'm just kind of tired of it. I'm kind of enjoying the concept of watching the kids grow, which we'd see more of in a, a, lo- a longer, safer rebuild. So it would hurt more to, to suck longer, but uh, I don't know. I guess we'll just see where this one goes. Uh, next question, uh, Will Christ with a, this one's really interesting. What do you try to, what, do you try to remember in order to avoid getting too pessimistic about the Red Wings? 
Uh, he specifically says, for me, they'll never be as poorly run as the Knicks. And even if they come close, the Knicks will find a way to get even worse. And then they definitely won't alienate a fan favorite, leading to an altercation at a Wednesday night game during a lost season that results in that former player being arrested for assault and criminal trespassing, angering the entire fan base. And, okay, I'm going to go drink heavily now. Good, good question, Will. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um, so, at any rate, the question is, how do you keep positive in this shit season, Kyle? Um, for me, it's just basically watching people, like, players who I thought weren't going. Because, honestly, I didn't think Nick Jensen was going to be uh, an NHL player. I thought he was just going to kind of be the guy. Like, you put him on waivers, he just goes back to the AHL. And I've been impressed with Nick Jensen. Uh, it's stuff like that. Uh, Jared Coro. Um, he's not been shut down, but you know, it's, a, it's enjoy, you know, I've enjoyed him watching when he plays well. Um, it, it's just stuff like that. And then, you know, <laughs> obviously knowing that Jeff Lashell is basically the next Dave Lewis, whatever, but <laughs> that's just my opinion. Um, you know, it's just watching the young players who you didn't think were going to be something and watching the NHL players who you thought were going to be something turn into something uh, like Manta and Athanasiu, um, especially Manta, because Manta's been like the story this year. Like, you know, the guy who just like was doubted by the, the organization and just comes up and he just, you know, he just, he goes on this, this tear of goals and now he's just a regular top line contributor it's just stuff like that. I just kind of focus in on stuff like that. And uh, and then, you know, you focus in on stuff like Thomas Vanek um, playing really well when he played really shitty for every other team because every other team sucks, but we're awesome. So we'll just go ahead and, you know, Vanek will play better for us. So you just focus in on that stuff. So Vanek has been a big one for me as well, that he's just played super well with us. So that's me. Yeah, right on. Lawrence? Yeah, I've said it twice already tonight. I'll say it again. Um, <laughs> watching watching mm-hmm. the kids do their thing, and um, I do agree about the Vanek thing too. I was it was one of those signings where I saw the announcement on my phone, and I was just like, "Wait, what? 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 I I don't yeah. understand." Like, I just was totally shocked that like I had no idea that that kind of player was even on our radar. Um, but to see what he's been doing, to see how he's played. With Athanasiu, I mean they they um, they ended up Athanasiu scored both goals tonight, and then Vanek assisted on both of them. So like just watching them play together has been really cool, and you know just to hear him say that he likes it here and that he wants to be back, and you know to see that in the way he plays for us, where you know it is such a stark contrast to how he's played for other teams. Like that just gives me warm fuzzies in my hockey heart. Like it just makes me happy. Yeah, right on. Mike? Um, I do a lot of thinking back to the glory days just to, to keep from getting pessimistic. And I make like little um, stupid debates in my, my head, like who was more essential to, you know, uh, uh, a lot of the Red Wings' success. Was it Iserman, was it Lidstrom, or was it Tomas Holmstrom? And just, you know, try to pick myself apart like that. But just remembering all of the the really, really excellent hockey um, that I got to see growing up and, and 
I'm, I'm going to guess most people listening to us got to see at some point in their lives if uh, we don't have too many 10-year-olds listening today. Um, yeah, just looking back on all that stuff, the, the gold medals, silver medals in, in international competitions, the Stanley Cups, all of it. I think to uh, a comment made by Jay Stone in one of our, our articles this week about how with the Red Wings, they're not going to be the top team in the draft lottery because they're like 23 points clear of Colorado. And Jay, Jay Stone pointed out that like even in this like awful teeth-clenching, back-biting season, we're still 23 points clear of the Avalanche. Ha-ha, <laughs> fuck Colorado. Um, yeah. Watching Anthrax Jones suffer through his team being worse uh, is is gonna keep me warm every night. So, uh, Bird Tire <laughs> asks, "What are your thoughts on the possibility of trading our first round pick this year?" Fuck that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the silence no. says everything. I don't know. It's nah. a draft class. Would you trade the, your first for? A later first and a second trade down. No, like we're not no, getting. I mean, a, if you're going, if you're no. if you're trading into if you're trading into next season, like in next season's draft class, you better be going big. Like you're trading Gustav Nyquist, your first round pick this year, and you're going for like a team like you're like you're basically doing with a team like uh, who you know is going to be bad next year. So like the Avalanche or the Blue Jackets or someone like that. Yeah, right on. Um, if the Wings were offered a for Vanek a choice between a second round pick this year or a first round next year, uh, which would you choose? First next year. First next year. First next year for sure. Easy. Yeah, I made that first next year. that you should be going. Yeah, future future picks are best right now. So what would have to be like added to that second going- round pick to make it? I don't think you draft Nolan Patrick uh, this year, then you're not going to play him. So, uh, anyways, go ahead. Sorry. So, to make the the second round pick from this year equal to next year's first round pick, what do you think? Like a mid range prospect, like a third rounder added to it. Like what? Um, what makes it more palatable I, to take that second rounder? You look at a team like Columbus, and I think I've added this in earlier in a post we were talking about trade speculation Corey posted earlier in the season. Um, so if you look at a team like Columbus who wanted to maybe add a player like Vanek or Green or something like that, um, you take a second-round pick this year, and then you take like a, one of their top prospects, like uh, yeah. Gabriel Carlson. or uh, I mean, even Chicago, you say, hey, we'll take your third or fourth-round pick, and we'll take a Alex the Brincat, I'd take that a million times. Easy. Oh, absolutely. Okay, thanks, Operator G, for that question. Uh, next question, Gravimov Flarkin asks why. Because why not? you got yourself. That's a really good question. And then question. Gravimov Flarkin asks, uh, who's the odd man out uh, after this season for the goalies, Crow, Peter, or Howie? Peter. <laughs> Apparently. Oh, I don't if, know why if, the if they're selling so hard on the Red Wings protecting Caro. Uh, Weirds me out. Well, that's the only reason I say that. I'm just being a smart ass. Uh, it should be Caro because 
Um, yeah. Well, it should be Howard, but, you know, he's hurt, so well, that's just not going to happen at this point. Yeah. I mean, assuming we don't trade anybody. If we trade somebody, we need to trade, try and trade Howie, but that's, like you said, not, not going to happen. happen. So, I mean, yeah. <clears throat> Odd man out has to be Caro. If it's not Caro, we riot in the streets. Yeah. Yeah. Happy Pappy 96 wants to know, do you think Zetterberg can finish with a strong second half as he has failed to do in the past few seasons? Wait, Zetterberg hasn't been failed to be good in the second half. Okay, who asked that? It's Happy Pappy 96. Yeah. At any rate, let's move on to the second question. Yeah. Uh, Capri capture penalty aside, do you want Z to retire after this season or not? No, I want him to play. Yeah, he's still he's he'll be he overpaid for a third liner, but I want him on our third line next year, basically. Yeah, I mean he's he's still producing. Yeah, he's not I mean, dropped. You see him every night. Yeah. I, I think Zetterberg is yeah, exceeding my expectations okay. this season. But I don't think that he should play in the power play. I agree. At least not prime power play minute. <laughs> the reddest swing asks, uh, do you even play, bro? No, uh, I don't want this to be taken as you don't know hockey unless you play the game. Uh, just generally, genuinely curious as to what, if any, types of hockey and at what levels any of you guys have played. I think someone else has asked this in the past. Um, I played uh, peewee hockey, um, then I uh, Pee roller hockey, I should say. And then I played hockey uh, for my high school. And then um, hurt my back. And now I just play drop-in hockey. So nothing big. Took an arrow to the knee. Mike, did you ever play? Um, yeah, I, uh, I got into it when I was at college. I, I um, organized a couple of intramural uh, leagues when I was at MSU. Um, I I played for probably a good seven or eight years consistently um, before uh, uh, work and things started getting in the way and, um, you know, a couple extra concussions later and all that kind of stuff. Right on. Lauren? Uh, No, not at all. Um, You know the phrase, um, looking like a giraffe, like a baby giraffe on skates. That's me. <laughs> yeah, we've all watched Erickson. Had... <laughs> the last time <laughs> I Sorry. even had skates on was three years ago for the, the Griffin's Great Skate. You know, you get to go meet the players and skate around with them and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I fell backwards and hit my face on the ice. Like, that's how Ouch. bad of a skater Ooh. I am. Ow. <laughs> So, yeah, I played a bit I, of I roller hockey in college. Like, never anything like as n- never anything organized. I uh, I grew up playing soccer, um, and so that that translated to hockey for me. Uh, BK58 hey, wants to know what are your thoughts on Timothy Lil- Liljegren? Uh We've talked about him. We like him. Yeah. We think they should draft him he's in okay. there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if he's the top five pick. Rhode Island Red, what Red Wing do you take out to Valentine's dinner and why? You can pick from the coaching staff or management, too. Um, Zetterberg, because he has the most money. I, I don't know. 
You're taking them out, so you have to pay. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah. Uh, Jensen, because he has the least money. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> He'll appreciate Because he's short, he'll eat less. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll take Jensen because it's taken a long time. So. All right. I'll take Jensen. Mike, Lauren? Mm. I'll defer to Lauren first here. Okay. Um, I will say uh, Yurko, just because I feel like the poor kid needs, like, yeah. A hug or something. I just want to give him a hug. He needs something. <laughs> yeah. I just feel so bad for I'm, the poor guy. <laughs> Honest to God. I'm I'm torn because, like, I don't know if I should go Larkin because I wouldn't have to pay for any drinks for him all night. He'd be a cheap date. Or or if I should go with Tatar because the guy just looks like he knows how to party. I, I feel like we'd be, like, out at dinner or something. He'd be like, hey, you want to go to club? I, I know great party. Let's go. Well, Larkin probably can't the worst pay for drinks actually. legally, so yeah. Uh, my answer is we do not. <laughs> and, I, and that's a hilarious thing because I don't think I think Tatar has awful taste, but I want to hang out with him so bad. Oh yeah. <laughs> Baby Larks wants that's- to know. Is it possible that our power play is so shitty because they practice against our penalty kill? <laughs> I love that question. That's a good question, but no. <laughs> uh, and basically, in all seriousness, our PK sits back a lot and doesn't provide a lot of pressure, which that's a good point because other teams do set, do tend to take advantage of our power play because they pressure aggressively. So yeah, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know. It's more of a system issue. Theory. Yeah, I mean the yeah. the power play and the penalty kill are are they actually out there at the same time, actually practicing against each other? Because any kind of practice I've been involved, like organized practice um, that I was involved in, the coaches had us setting up like system wise um, for special teams, and and we weren't we weren't doing PK and power play against each other at the same time. But that's just my experience. Yeah, I don't know. I'll call it plausible. Acadia 96 is a real thinker question. If the staff of WIM replaced the diggers, which WIM member replaces which digger? I'm not going to answer that. <laughs> that's a very Helene thing to say. Yeah, I'm not going to answer that one. Sorry. <laughs> I get to be As he ties his scarf and walks his dog. Because I would say I would block a lot of people. I, I'm still, I mute a lot of people. <laughs> I would replace myself with someone. That's all I'll say. I think you'd be a good Ted. You are right. Oh, yeah. I would be a great Ted. Kind of dismissive, don't really care, just, just shitty everywhere. Yeah, yeah, no, that's good. I'd be a great Ted. Good answer. Like that. So what does that make you, Lauren? I don't want to insult uh, you too much. I think you're more like a Brendan uh, Savage. You're a little feisty. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, but Lauren I, has I, actual 
Yeah, like not an idiot. I though. can, That's I like can a take that. Yeah. Um, I was no. I read that question earlier, and I was trying to think. Um, I I would want to do more of kind of like I don't want to say flowery, but like, and not it's not like a puff piece thing either, but just more kind of like the, you know, maybe like a long form kind of a thing. And I I feel like you almost have to go national media to get that kind of thing. Um, so I yeah I. As weird as it sounds, I I guess I'd be okay with Savage, um, just because yeah I'd I'd be feisty. Uh, Krupa and I could could be feisty together on game nights. He oh, was yeah. like Who's all caps mad the other night. And I love that. Our Krupa would probably be like uh, our Krupa would be you, JJ. No, he's already on. I think you're right. That's sad. No, I want to be on. I think JJ would be Krupa. I think I'm more of a Krupa. Krupa Krupa is like the the resilient fan who covers the team but is honest, but at the same time is still a fan. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. JJ is Krupa. But without the the bad stuff he says, because Krupa does say some, some bad yeah, the horribly shit. dumb, oh. like, Bobby Hull shit. Um, yeah, yeah, Jeff is, shit. Like, yeah. Jeff is our Bill Roos because he doesn't write about the Red Wings anymore either. Xander Fort wants to know about our opinion on two rule changes. If there's a penalty on a breakaway, you get a penalty shot, and if you miss it, you still get two minutes for a power play. Nah. What do you think? No. No. If you don't score on the penalty go. shot, then you suck. I don't know what to tell you, dude. And all games being worth three points. Uh, you get the so, like, one point no. for an overtime or shootout loss, two points for an overtime or shootout win, and three points for a regulation win. Nah. Every year, I think it's a better way like to a, deal with the... look at like, what the standings would look like if they. Go ahead. I was going to say, I think it's a better way than some games being worth more because I still think that's stupid, but you're going to get people that cry about records being broken and shit like that. It's like, well, records get broken all the time because it's a different era and things change yeah. and shit happens. Yeah, I agree. Sorry. <laughs> I say bring back the tie unless I am attending the game. Woof. That's bad. <laughs> a very specific rule. That's avocado oh, yeah. on pizza's bad. I've never had that. Hey, Larkanic and Skywalker. How does that? Let's... I don't know. Larkanic and Skywalker wants to know how worried are we that Kid Rock is cushioning the pizza dome? It's like it's the first show, right? Yeah, no, yeah, oh, they're bad shows, which is ridiculous, but I don't know, whatever. Unless, yeah. Go enjoy whatever. whatever you want. There's going to be so many shitty musical acts at that place. They'll match that. There's going to be a lot of shitty hockey but, games there, too, so whatever. Yeah. I mean, say what yeah. you want about Kid have Rock. plenty of time to air the place out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, say what you want about Kid Rock's music, if you enjoy it, if you don't enjoy it, whatever. But, I mean, I've never been to one of his shows. I've only heard things from the people who go. But, I mean, the people who go have a damn good time. I mean, he puts on a I've party for Detroit. Yeah? Did you have a damn good time? 
don't remember. <laughs> I've never seen a frowning juggalo. <laughs> well, <laughs> juggalos aren't kid rock, but yeah. Either I know. Way, I'm just like, saying. I was agreeing with are... your point. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, but I mean, yeah. People are going to have fun. All right. We have spent you know, way too so much time it. on Kid Rock on this podcast, and it is making me angry. Aw. <laughs> <laughs> uh, only yeah. God knows why. Uh, Larkin, the next one, wants to know, Talk please to you. share your opinions on what happens to these underperforming players. Will they be on the roster Opening night of next year, Cronwall, Erickson, Cheyenne, DeKaiser. Yes. I think at least three of them will. Four. They will all it, be on Yeah, at least three, that. and the fourth one won't be on because of injury. Take your pick. Yeah, uh, I, mean, I don't know what you sell those guys for. <laughs> they will all yeah, be on the team. Next question is, who's your best guess that we lose in the expansion draft? And that is a podcast for another day. Uh, AF41 wants to know, coaches. I'm sure that's supposed to say coaches. Uh, let's see. Uh, basically, how much does Blashell suck? With two elite coaches now available, do we not just call a spade a spade and get on with the Red Wings trend? Legendary coach, flop, legendary coach, flop. So basically, fire our new Dave Lewis and see if we can get our next Mike Babcock. Not right now. I'm not going to – I mean, oh, my God. Um, yeah, no, I, I do think <laughs> that Blaschel I, – I don't think Blaschel is the next coach who is bringing a – I don't think Blaschel is bringing a Stanley Cup to Detroit. Um, but I don't think that they're just going to fire him. So, um, no. And yeah. none of the right. elite coaches currently available are going to come here either. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. What what Lauren said. Yeah, not until yeah. there's a tangible plan in place. Yeah, there's we a decently stocked right prospect coach. It's not like Babcock came here. Like, when Babcock came here, they had, what, multiple all-stars, like, franchise players ready to go. It's it's, it's not like that. <laughs> completely different time. Completely yeah, different team. I saw Robert Lang back then. Uh, Rhode Island Red you. 2, so how can the Wings possibly improve? <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to. <laughs> yeah, you're a uh, How can the Wings possibly improve their defense? Uh, stop playing bad players? Well, Eric said the draft tonight, so. That should help. Yeah. Uh, how could the Red Wings possibly improve their defense? Uh, trade some of their bad players for good defensemen. I don't know. <laughs> like, uh, like, what do you want from me at this point? Yeah, That's more structure too. Like, forwards have been original on their defensive breakdowns. Yeah, forwards have been bad. Knock whatever shits between the uh, Kaiser's ears out. Mm. Uh, yeah. I don't know what's going on up there, dude. But like, holy shit. All right, finishing out, last question. Leet Don, probably a sore subject. What do you think old Steven Weiss is up to nowadays? I haven't heard a peep about him since he was bought out. What do you think? Um, probably, like, coaching his kids, junior, peewee. I don't even know if he has a kid. <laughs> um, working out. 
Yeah. I don't care. Like, I really don't care. <laughs> yeah, like, I've, I've heard, like, rumors that, like, he is, he, I mean, he's basically unofficially retired because nobody wants to sign him, but apparently, like, he didn't want to, like, do a tryout with any teams. Right. And so that, like, they just, like, passed on him, like, broke off, but. He's got enough money. He doesn't have to play if he doesn't want to. And if he ever wants back in, then I hope he sucks, honestly. If he signs with another team, that's basically my my concept about every player who used to be a Red Wing, with few exceptions. If you're not a Red Wing anymore, fuck you. That's that's the way it is. Except <laughs> you, Yuri Hitler. I still miss you. <laughs> All right. So as long so as Steve Weiss stays unofficially retired, then cool. If he comes back, fuck him. Yeah. Take us out of here. Yep. We have spent more time on Stephen Weiss tonight than I actually wanted to. So. Um, Stephen Weiss ahead. is the kid rock hockey players. No, no, no. Uh, Stephen Weiss is the. Yeah, he's the kid rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's he good. Is. That's a that's a good one. Um, so, any final uh, hockey-related thoughts before we close it out for tonight, folks? All right. Let's go right um, away. Uh, yeah, that's the stretch of the imagination. Um, all right. So, for JJ, for Lauren, for Mike, and uh, for Jeff and Graham, uh who aren't here because they're cheering for the Blackhawks and the Bruins. Um, this has been another episode of Wing It Motown Radio. We'll see you next time, hopefully sooner rather than later. I uh, appreciate you listening. And uh, everybody, have a nice night. Stay. Wing yep. it. Dun, 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 see you in court. Wing it. Wing it. Shut up. You're an Wing it.